Starting with a mania that's hit the street with a brand new beat. Go Come with us. Come and remember the magic. What's up, all you rad dudes and dudettes? Welcome back to 90s Disney, your one-stop shop for everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm your host, AJ Minotti, joined by my brothers, Mike Minotti. How was it? December already. <laughs> it came fast. And Chris Minotti. Yes, we've had many good feasts this week well, for Thanksgiving. Well, you had like, you've been like, what, seven Thanksgiving? I had five. <laughs> five. Between family and friends. We, and had, we had two at your house in a row. Yeah. But yeah, now that Thanksgiving is behind us, we can officially say... Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes. Whoa. The Christmas music is a blaring in our house. Oh, right? yes. The I Christmas start, trees are trimmed. I started a couple weeks. I couldn't help it. So, well, it was a late was so Thanksgiving. Late, right? It was a late Thanksgiving. Right. And it was also a late episode for us last month, but we hope you enjoyed our look at Illuminations. The Reflections uh, of Earth. If you haven't checked that out, please do. Uh, that was our November episode, and we also... Uh, uh, you know, explored the history of Illuminations and kind of looked at uh, what's coming ahead with the nighttime shows at Epcot. But now that we're in December and it is Christmas time. Our first Christmas episode. Wow. What, so but, many topics to choose from. But what better than the 1992 classic film, A Muppet Christmas Carol? There's not much better. There really, truly isn't. This movie came out December 11th, 1992. Turns out that December of 1992 is kind of a depressing month oh, no. for our month in review. Uh, the Nor'easter storm of 92 hit New York doing $1 to $2 billion worth of damage. Oh, my gosh. This was, this was uh, God's revenge for us uh, electing a Democrat into the office that year, isn't it? Oh, is that what they said? <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I bet. They, I bet somebody. Mike, well, you're not very political. I'm shocked you said that. <laughs> no, I don't believe it. Yeah, I <laughs> I feel like if that happened today, people sure, would be sure. saying it. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the movie A Few Good Men actually released the same day. Not not quite my thing like all these Disney movies. Um, this is the, That's I've, the famous, you can't handle the truth. Yes, and I yes. know nothing else about it, except that apparently there was some kind of cover-up in the military. That's the one. I, I, sh I like courtroom dramas. You should watch that movie, probably. Um... But yeah, the other the other thing that was uh, contemporary and kind of one of the reasons this movie didn't do as well in the box office as could have uh, was a few weeks prior, Home Alone Two came out. Ooh. Which tough competition, the holidays. Tell you what, I do like me some Home Alone Two. <laughs> Those two over the years have definitely proven to be your favorite Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Castor, your very own cheese pizza. Second best looking <laughs> movie pizza of all time. What's all the first? Secret of the Ooze. Okay. Oh, yes, yeah. Of course. But it's, it's okay now, because now Disney owns Home Alone. It's on Disney Plus and everything, so... Well, it's weird, because even when this happened, Disney didn't even own the Muppets, but this this is a Disney movie. Yes, you're getting ahead of yourself. I know, but it's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> but yes, it is true. It is straight up a Disney film. So, this movie was truly the beginning of a new era for the Muppets, as we all know. Uh, Jim Henson tragically passed away May 16th, 1990. This would be the first Muppet production without him. Uh, the last Muppet production with him, you guys know it. I was just going to say Manhattan. No, it's the... Oh, production, not movie. Yeah. Oh, that would be Muppet Vision yeah. 3D, sorry. Yeah. I had to give Michael my disappointed face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yes. Um, You're so sure. Well, what about... There's, there's, that, there's that Muppets Remember Jim Henson thing. 
That doesn't count. <laughs> well, I don't know. Was, they produced it. It was a production. All right, fine. First Muppet movie. You, you were still wrong. Oh, so first Muppet movie. Then the last movie was Muppet Takes Manhattan. Congratulations. I knew it. When the solid gold Cupid doll. Can't be wrong, my dude. <laughs> no, no. So a couple of uh, big things happened. First of all, this movie was dedicated to the memories of both Jim Henson and Richard Hunt. He died shortly after Jim Henson. Yes, he di- He passed away of AIDS uh, January 7th, 1992. Um even though this movie was kind of starting production um, while he was still alive, he was too sick to perform. Uh, he's best known as the role of Scooter in addition to several other characters like Statler, uh, various Sesame Street characters. So Steve Whitmire takes over the role of Kermit. Is it Whitmire or Whitemire? Whitmire. Whitmire. Okay, I thought so. And I read it and I was like, hmm, am I saying that wrong? Anyway, so Steve takes over the role of Kermit and he's like, Super nervous. Sure. So obviously, he worked with Jim Henson a long time, admired Jim Henson, and you know understood the gravity of the character he was taking over. This was Jim Henson's it creation. The first guy who voiced Mickey Mouse after Walt Disney. Exactly. So he actually had this dream where he sees Jim Henson and he gives him his blessing to take over the role of Kermit, saying it'll be fine. Um, so that kind so of what, was he always kind of like even to Jim Henson like did he have someone lined up I mean not up really because like his death was so sudden it's I wonder like, if they were like alright who here could do a Kermit yeah, right it's like, not, it's, it's not like when Clarence Nash was like in the hospital and he had Tony Anselmo come it was like you're gonna do yeah it was like a thing yeah like where he was subtly training him all these years it's just kind of like oh gosh yeah um so yeah, so Steve uh, takes over that uh, that role. Dave Goltz, um, who primarily is uh, Gonzo the Great, uh, takes over Waldorf in this film, a.k.a. Robert Marley. And then uh, the characters of Dr. Teeth and Rolf, who Jim also voiced, appear in the film but do not speak. And in fact, would not speak for quite some time until they kind of got, I guess, comfortable right. with bringing those characters back. And Scooter's just not in the movie. Yeah, so Richard Hunt uh, was was Scooter. He's just completely out of the film. In fact, Scooter was completely absent from the Muppets until uh, Muppets from Space. For a long time. Because weird, because like, I knew Scooter from Muppet Babies. Babies yeah. Right. And, and Skeeter, Skeeter. Too, who was invented. So, so the fact that Skeeter wasn't anything was very confusing us like, for a long happened? time. I was like, what happened to Scooter? Yeah. Uh, Jerry Nelson would take over Statler, which was another one of Richard Hunt's characters. That would be Jacob Marley in this film. All right, so Scooter's role, I see, was completely cut. Did they have anything planned for Scooter? Yes, we'll get to that in a little bit here. Okay. Um, so Brian Henson is Jim Henson's son, and he is tapped to direct this film. He grew up around the Muppets, around these performers. He understood how they worked. He worked as a Muppeteer on several productions, Dark Crystal among them. Uh, he, frankly, did not want to do this. I mean, well, he's young, right? 28 years old. And, I mean, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure there was, like, some fears of nepotism with him, right? Like, oh, I, don't think was, I think he was just afraid of living up to it and, yeah. and, and, and thinking he wasn't ready yet. It was wow. actually Jeffrey Katzenberg who kind of helped calm him down and kind of keep Disney's production department kind of... Like, like at bay so he could kind of focus uh, on what he was doing. So thank you, Jeffrey, on that one. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Michael Caine uh, found out only halfway through production that this is the first thing Brian Henson ever directed. And apparently it was like, really? Wow, he's yeah, really good at this. Good. So, speaks volumes. Yeah, really good. So kind of the genesis of where this film came from is they're facing, okay, we got to do our first thing now that my dad's gone. Let's do something different. So he was speaking to his agent, Bill Haber, and he was the one who said, Christmas Carol is the greatest story of all time. You should do that. And then while he was thinking about it, Haber calls him back and says, 
I sold it to the ABC TV channel. <laughs> like, we're doing this. Oh, well, well, okay. You know, two great things of Christmas Carol and the Muppets. Yeah, sure. so originally it was meant to be a television special and then it oh, just okay. evolved well, into a theatrical well, release. Muppets used to do those kind of TV special times of classic stories, like yeah. the, the Princess and the Frog kind of thing and, and, and all that stuff, even before the Muppet show, really. Mm-hmm. Well, even they, they continued those with uh, The Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah, that's yeah. kind of, yeah, and the, which was a that was when, That was more of a result of the Muppets not being theatrically viable anymore, yeah, but sure. eh, well, you know. Post Muppets in Space Landa. Yeah. So, obviously you have to figure out how you're going to adapt this movie to the Muppets. The original plan called for various Muppet characters to play the three Christmas uh, spirits. Past, present, yet to come. Um, I'm not sure which plan came first, but I've read of two different versions. In an original one, Robin the Frog was going to be the ghost of Christmas past. Miss Piggy was going to be... Present an animal was going to be the ghost of Christmas. So, so Robin has would he still have been Tiny Tim? Well, who's to say? We're not really sure. I'll yeah. tell you, it's like it's, it's like funny the idea of animals the ghost of future because uh, he doesn't say anything. He's just pointing. Yeah, but, like, but well, I mean, but it's like that. That shouldn't be a character. Should not be funny. <laughs> right. Well, and then the next version became Scooter. As the ghost of Christmas past, Miss Piggy still present. Gonzo is yet to come. See, I get Miss Piggy as present. Like, I can kind of see yeah, that. Yeah, with all the food, but making, again, like, making pig jokes. Gonzo as the... Well, and the, the sight gag there was going to be, he's got this the big hood black hood, but yeah, the nose yeah. is coming. Yeah. Which, it's funny. It's funny, but it's, like, funny. not appropriate. Sooner as ghost of Christmas past would have been kind of fun. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. And I, I, I'm... I'm I haven't confirmed this, but it feels like um, once Richard Hunt passed away, it was like, well, Scooter's out, let's... Revisit. So well, he tra- was. It was. He was just ill when they were even making the movie. Well, so he was out before he died. They just knew he was too sick to even. Right. Die. Right. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out like what are we? How how are we going to approach this? They decided that they're going to create original characters, new Muppets to perform as the three ghosts, and they're trying to figure out how do they keep this true to the books while still being a Muppet film, and they have this idea of let's get Charles Dickens as a character, and who better to play it? Then Gonzo the Great. And this is such a great idea because, you know, when you're reading, like, the book version, the book version, the original version of Christmas Carol, a lot of the best lines are these kind of narration pieces from Charles Dickens. Yeah, the prose. And a lot of versions of the story that are adapted for screen or for stage, they'll, like, give those lines to characters or something to try to bring them back in. Even, like, I mean, heck, you guys are in a high school production where your one friend, like, just played the narrator on stage. And he was Charles Dickens also, actually. So, like, that's why it's smart to do this because then like when you have Charles Dickens as quote the narrator you can have these lines and and again this is also kind of being made a bit more for kids so you can kind of explain some things a little bit better and have some uh, comic mm-hmm. relief in and, but in this way too you, you you don't have to have like this this kind of faceless narrator like just a voice mm-hmm. it is a character in film and it is recognizable and so not only do you have Gonzo but then Rizzo is his constant companion and comic relief um, done largely in part to kind of lighten up the film they literally call this out where they yeah. go, no, no, it's okay. It's culture, which right. is it's just brilliant because it, it totally works. This I, is like the first time I, that I can remember anyways that Rizzo and Gonzo were like paired up like this. And they were like that a lot in the 90s. Yeah, like the same yeah. Thing happens it, it worked. It worked really Muppet well. Around was like the same exact thing with these two and then mm-hmm. the, the kid. And Rizzo's a pretty new character at this point. He debuted in uh, the the last movie, mm-hmm. Muppet's Take Manhattan. Yeah, and Steve Whitmire uh, originated that character. So right. Steve, Steve was busy on this movie. And, and later Rizzo would have his own fabulous... Uh, Italian restaurant. That's right. <laughs> so, um, 
as I mentioned, this was originally going to be meant for TV, grew into a uh, feature film, and became notable because this was the first uh, Muppet film to have a human lead. Which kind of became it's like funny. their shtick, right? Like, like, like after like this, all like in my mind, because you know, it was born in '88. That's all Muppet movies, right? Well, because they do the same thing with Treasure age. Island, where there's yeah, like, and like you said, Muppet Wizard of Oz and the Muppets, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, some of the early considerations for uh, the role of Scrooge. One of the original ones was George Carlin. Oh man, you can see it. But he's not, he's British not British. At all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you're gonna go with an American guy, uh, others uh, were some British actors: David Hemmings, Ron Moody, and. David Werner, I don't know who those guys are. Uh, ultimately, Michael Caine, of course, is cast as Scrooge. Hey, Chris, say my cocaine. My cocaine. Say it faster. Michael Caine. Say it faster. Michael Caine. Now you say Michael Caine's just like name, just like he says it. There you go. Michael, Michael Caine. Caine. Michael Caine. No, you got. It's a bit more nasally. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that he was very set on was playing the role seriously. Uh, he was concerned that if he tried to be Muppety himself, the movie would never work. And so what he told Brian uh, was, I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company. I will never wink. I will never do anything Muppety. I'm going to play Scrooge as if it is an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets yeah, around. That's and that's like, right. I mean, that's what's so great about it. He is kind of playing it so straight. And I mean, he does such a great job of like, you know, like having that stingy, like, you know, scary Scrooge and then turning into like the warm Scrooge. Mm -hmm. At no point is it ever like corny or cheesy. I mean, or if, over if, the top. if you were, if you just cast Michael Caine in a straight up adaptation of Christmas Girl, it's the same performance. Right. And you even know? when he's like saying lines like about like Fozzie Wiggs, uh, rubber chicken <laughs> factory, <laughs> he says it dead serious. Yeah. It's it's the same reason that Bob Hoskins worked in Roger Rabbit and other movies that combine animation with live action. Right. And, uh, just don't don't feel right because like the humans are trying to act cartoony. Mm -hmm. So, again, he was so perfect for this role. Uh, he, in fact, considers it one of the favorite roles he's ever had and also that one of the most so challenging happy. that he ever did. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's cool to hear that like, he appreciates <laughs> he it. He said he loves singing with Kermit, I remember. Or he gets to tell his like, granddaughter, like, I sing with Kermit the Frog. Right, right. Who wouldn't? <laughs> So there are, of course, a number of differences but between the book I mean, even and before, like it is talking just how faithful it is for a Muppet Christmas. Carol right, movie. right, and I, that's what I always appreciate about this movie. You know, there are differences, and some of them are pretty major. Um, but I think that makes sense in the context of both the story they're telling and the production limitations. Well, and the characters that they have, yeah, like exactly. Two obvious ones. So obviously, Dickens is you know present in the book. Um, it's ever present in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to do that a lot today. Um, uh, Bob Cratchit is not the only employee of Scrooge. There's all the rat bookkeepers who are there, basically now, would the he, backup course. Would, yeah. would, would Marley, yeah. I mean, would Marley and Scrooge really pay for extra bookkeepers? Come on. Yeah, right. Uh, also, they do the not sing. Smoke. They do not sing Harry Belafonte music in the original novel. What? I don't know oh. if you were aware of that. I, what? Uh, and then obviously, of course, there's Marley Brothers because you gotta have Statler and Waldorf. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. That's where the cast and, uh, yeah, it, it's perfect. So like, it's we, have, we have Jacob Marley and uh, Robert Marley. Mm -hmm. So one of the, the, the bigger cuts uh, is, is the removal of Scrooge's sister, Fran, in the schoolhouse scene. This is, yeah, like, I, there's a lot of cuts I don't mind. I mind this cut a little bit. Like, you don't have the... Because one thing, it kind of... You lose the connection between uh, Scrooge and Fred. Like, mm -hmm. so much of that was that Fran... Like, he was so close to Fran. When Fran dies, like, Fred is, like, the only one left. And he's yeah. is cold to Fred instead of, like, being warm to yeah, Fred. It, ex it explains that relationship. <laughs> you see some of his father issues... Uh, but we do get Sam Eagle in his stead, so that's a win in my sure. book. Uh, obviously, it's Fozzie Wig and not Fezzy Wig and his rubber chicken. <laughs> Funny how that completely worked. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. like, how lucky was that? They're like, 
oh, describes himself. <laughs> great. Right. And Sattler and Waldorf were like working there. Mm-hmm. Or the, the Marleys are working there. Whereas yeah. there's like a separate, like other kind of intern there who is mm-hmm. Scrooge's friend. But again, kind of making it a little tighter, a little more convenient. Right. Then you get, plus also you get to have the Marley's heckling Fozzie, which we Of need. course, you need that. <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> it was short. It was short. <laughs> I loved it. Um, during the Christmas present scene, the kind of Christmas around the world montage that happens in the story where they go see, to the boat. Yeah, you see the sailors and, and workers. Uh, that was cut. They they were going to have some element of that as part of the song, but it was a budgetary cut. Sure. It was easier to just kind of keep it on the streets of London and that set they built. Uh, also, the the children of the Ghost of Christmas Present, the boy ignorance and the girl want, are cut. That that's that's often cut yeah, through a lot of adaptations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love it, but Creepy. I get why it's not in the Muppet, Muppet. Yeah. right. Um, it's interesting too because they're the ones who are like the line. Uh, are there no 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 prisons? No right. Well, that's the great thing is that it comes back to kind of haunt him there. Yeah, but that's who that's that's usually like when he's like, is there nowhere for them to go? And the ghost kind of throws it back in his face. Instead, it, you know, the, it, like most adaptations, it becomes about tiny. tiny so things it, it, and, even in this movie, like the ghost of Christmas present and Scrooge are kind of like buds. Yeah, they right. become chums. Yeah, whereas like you know, in a yeah. lot of, like in the book and a lot of the other versions, like the Ghost of Christmas President doesn't really necessarily like Scrooge. Like he kind of like is disgusted with him, but he kind of yeah. points that out with the whole with well, the Scrooge children. Scrooge is even more yeah. just confused by his presence and why yeah. he's so jolly. Uh-huh. Uh, in the original story, the Cratchit family has six children: Martha, Belinda, Peter, Tim, and two unnamed smaller Cratchits, a boy and a girl. Uh, the Muppets have four children: Peter, the twin daughters Peter Bettina the and Belinda, and then Tim. Bettina, I love Peter. It smells so groom. <laughs> it smells so good, mother. <laughs> He's turning the spit. <laughs> Struggling so hard. Uh, obviously, you got uh, Bean Bunny playing both the caroler who Scrooge throws a wreath at and the boy at the window at the end. Uh, those are not the same character in the book. There's, there's, there's a bit of that kind of making things a little bit more tighter, a little neater. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, quick that, little that scene of him hand. shivering at the point, that breaks your little heart. Uh, and uh, the, the, one of the big changes, again, a, a lot of the movie adaptations will make this change. Um, the original book, uh, Scrooge does not actually see Cratchit on Christmas Day. He sends the turkey anonymously. Yes, and then he goes to Fred's house. And you then re- sees you Bob. wish to remain anonymous. I wish to be left alone. <laughs> uh, and then he sees uh, Bob the next day at work and tells him, "Raising your salary, and making you a partner, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So. Uh, those are kind of the big major differences. Right? Again, a few all, there are, in fact, no talking animals in right. the book. And again, yeah. it's tighter and neater to just kind of have it resolve itself on Christmas Day, and you get the whole cast goat jump in there, and right. you sing a final song. And, it's yeah. nice, it's nice. So it's funny, because, like, Muppet movies, they're always on this weird cutting edge of technology, even though, like, you don't think Well, that. a lot of it's just, you know, the practicality of it, because it's one thing when they make the Muppet show, and they have the stage to just constantly use, right? Yeah. And here, it's like... They put themselves in these situations right. where we need to figure out how we need to how figure out how we're making trenches and what Whatever else for Muppets, especially like starting with the Muppet movie with the bicycle, right? It became this whole big. Yeah, how like we one up ourselves. Why wasn't they like obsessed with like doing the full body things with the Muppet suit? Like right, because you know you, you see Kermit talking, and you're like, okay, there's a guy's hand in there. I right. get it, I believe it, I'll go with it. But then, like you know, you see him riding a bike, you're like, well, how they do that? Yeah, or skating on the ice mm-hmm. and cops. So obviously, with with such a, a focus of the human actors in this film, you have to maintain level footing. So they're constantly removing and, and replacing floor planks on the set, which was complicated for Michael Caine because he 
between takes, they'd have to stop and like pause for a while so they could move the floors around. So it kind of broke his flow while he's acting. He had like walk on narrow pathways without yeah. looking at and them because it's supposed to be just be the floor. And yeah, like a lot to keep track. It's of. almost like just walking on a crosswalk. You know, exactly, exactly. Um, so one of the, the the first shots of the movie is this great opening credits flyover of London and this beautiful miniature. It, it reminds me of some of the multi-plane camera shots from some of the Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. So the way that was actually filmed, it was basically stop motion where they're just taking still photos. And as the camera's pulling back, they're pushing the other buildings into frame because so otherwise the camera would have hit them. So it, it, you don't even notice it when you're watching it. But if you really pay attention, like, oh, okay, yeah, the stuff like stripping the Yeah, once there. you said that and you knew, you pay attention to it, it it's incredible how they're able mm-hmm. to pull that off. And they talk about how some of the simplest looking things that Muppets do are actually the hardest to pull off. Uh, the one example I found was when Kermit blows out the candle. You know, obviously Kermit can't blow air. What? It's true. So what they do is they have to, like, have him, you know, pantomime the the, the motion. Steve does that. And they have, like, a little air gun time to puff out the candle from off screen. We just watched the movie. I was wondering about that specifically. Mm -hmm. Like, I figured, you know, something had to happen. In my mind, there's something as elaborate, like, it's like a a gas candle. And they're cutting off the gas at that moment. Yeah, no, they just shoot a little puff of air with a little gun. Uh, yeah, so, you know, obviously not a ton of CGI in 1992. What? So they, already in, they already invented Waldo. We had Waldo. <laughs> the spirit of 3D. The spirit of, yeah, the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of Christmas 3D. <laughs> yeah, why isn't he not in this movie? Ro- Robert Zemeckis would find that one a couple decades later. <laughs> Didn't look as good. No. Oh, I kid. I kid Robert Zemeckis. I like him. I don't. Um, so yeah, you, you you talked about we were watching it again tonight. The 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 penguins on the ice, how it kind of looks stop motioning. They actually, it's an optical effect where they uh, matted the, the puppeted penguins onto the, an ice background. Yeah. Just like the all these weird optical effects. Another one, of course, is the Marleys. They have that kind of transparent ghosty that, that effect. Pepper's ghost effect, like a haunted mansion. Not even that. So what they do is they just powder down the puppets so that they're white. And they film them not in a green screen, but just black velvet. And the performers wear blackout outfits. You know, in Photoshop, when you use the screen effect to blend? Yes. And that just removes the dark. Yeah. That's what they do. Uh, and that's how you get that transparency. In, uh, like, like It's just kind of like a, like a 100% effect. There's not like, like radiation okay. to it. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the green glow on the edges that you have to mess with. And it's a nightmare. Uh, anyone who's done any rotoscoping will know what I'm talking about and <laughs> will appreciate this. Uh, the the first spirit we meet, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past, is very unique. It's a rod puppet that was submerged originally in a tank filled with baby oil. Uh, but it was so much baby oil that it was really expensive to keep that doing it. Gross, too. Right? So they, they like, just started right, to fish the pump it out of the baby oil. <laughs> 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 so they switched to water. It worked. Uh, it it kind of screwed with the glue and paint on the puppet, so they had to keep repairing it. But that's how you get that floating effect. And that it's is real. Filmed. It's a creepy puppet, yeah, which it, works. It and works it's filmed so in well. front of a green screen, and then they composite well, it into the And shots. that's one of the other things missing missing from the book is the Ghost of Christmas Pass at the end. He, like, the Ghost of Christmas Pass. Is like a candle. Yeah, he's always wearing like snuffs that, it out. that cap, and he like forces the cap on to snuff. Him yeah, that's out. one of the things the uh, the Zemeckis Jim Carrey version gets yeah, very right. Well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Ghost of Christmas present, it's as far as I can tell the best ghost 
Um, it's it's very similar technology they use for the giants in Fraggle Rock. No, that, what were those beat? They had a name. What were they called? They did. I forget. God, it's been so long. <laughs> it's I, been a lot I watched I've a seen lot Fraggle of Fraggle Rock. Rock. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. I don't remember this. I should have <laughs> looked. Um, but basically, there's a human performer inside the outfit, Don Austin. And then the vocal performer is Jerry Nelson, who's also controlling the face with a remote mechanism. And the face has animatronics for the mouth, the eyes, and so it's and the same as like the dinosaur show. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 all the same basic technology. Yeah, I should have gone with that. Instead yeah, fractals. Yeah, um, the streets of London set for the feels like Christmas number is using a lot of forced perspective. Um, it's a big set, but it's not as big as it looks. And you can really see this in the crane shot at the end. If you're looking at the very back buildings, you can kind of tell, oh, yeah, these are tiny. Yeah. We notice there's the one couple who, like, start walking down the street, but they have to stop because there's nowhere to go. <laughs> It'd be like pretending to walk down the streets of America and, and MGM Studios back in the day. Yeah, when you yeah, exactly. Up rod, exactly. You're, like, standing there like, oh, we're, we're just walking. We're stopping for a time right <laughs> out of this place to go. Uh, and then... It's funny because it's almost like you don't think of it, but one of the most technically complicated shots of Muppeteering in this movie is Kermit walking down the street with Robin on his shoulder singing, and that took ten puppeteers yeah. to achieve. Uh, the way they did it is they shot against the blue screen, and they had this rotating drum. And if you look, you can kind of see how the ground is. It's not going by. It's just spinning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're walking on it, and then they composite in the background and that's how you do that yeah I really feel like it's so worth it because it's one of the most memorable scenes yeah it's, it's great. great and again that's that, the best kind of bicycle that, moment exactly yeah. that, that's their riding a bike shot there's Kermit walking down the street and how they do that so the music obviously plays a big part in this movie being a musical right and it's it's, it's cool that they went with um, musical really because not you know every version of uh, Christmas Carol is like that there are right. that many I, I think of all the ones that are musicals this is the best well, it's either this or Kelsey Grammer there's a couple or, uh, other ones yeah. or uh, what's his yeah. name uh, George Costanza did one didn't he well, that's the Kelsey Grammer one yeah. oh okay yeah, yeah. That's right, that that's one's right. awful yeah that's that was right. like 2006 we're so excited TV special yeah. yeah it's not good yeah you guys watched it without me and then told me not to bother and I was like yeah. okay I was, so, I was into going to school with that that's there right. at that point yeah it's not good so Paul Paul Williams uh, did the songs he, he's a songwriter who's worked with the Muppets on a number of occasions he worked on Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas have you guys seen this bits of it I mean I know the song The Peace Carol which I absolutely Man. love I was at Dollar General the other day, and they had it for five dollars for DVD. I'm like, I should just get this, and I'm like, ah, maybe it's streaming on one of the things I own already. <laughs> now I'm just wasting five dollars. Yeah, right. Uh, he worked for songs in the Muppet movie. Oh, obviously there you the Muppet go. Christmas Carol. Uh, and uh, Muppet Christmas Letters to Santa. I remember that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. That was newer-ish. Yeah, yeah. By newer-ish, I mean the 2000s. Right. <laughs> Uh, the score was uh, done by composer Miles Goodman. The sc- I mean, the, I the, love the score. The song gets a lot of credit, but the score is great. They do a lot of it's a lot of like woodwinds, oboes. Well, well it's, it's not very, just that; it's a lot of like classical Christmas. Well, songs. it's a lot of using the kind of the the um, the, the musical songs, the kind of like lay motifs for the characters. Like long before we hear Scrooge's, um, you know, thankful heart song he sings at the end. That's kind of used as his theme a lot of the time. We see him, and like the beginning is kind of creepy. And then there's cool moments too, like when Bean Bunny is singing. Good King Wenson's Law mm-hmm. after he leaves like the next scene is scored by like a brass choir version of Good King Wenson's yeah. Law it's like awesome stuff like that like the score you could just play around the house at Christmas time yeah, it it's very, yeah it's very warm and uh, just yeah very Christmassy and look, look, at, look at you dropping light motifs you've been listening, listening to the soundtrack, soundtrack show great, yeah great podcast soundtrack <laughs> show if you want to listen to that too so there's a few um, 
kind of cut songs and verses that are on the soundtrack, and I wanted to highlight some of those. So Marley and Marley has a cut verse. You can still hear it in the soundtrack. Yeah, uh, I don't have to sing it for you, but the future's up to you is how it ends. Right. So when you listen it's, to the soundtrack, it's kind of like that. the final like warning. In, in the movie, they kind of do this little last part, Fade just spoken dialogue instead. Yeah. Uh, it does almost seem a little short to the song in the movie. You yeah. wonder, was there something cut? There was. Right. And I definitely, I'm, I'm going to find because it makes for a better like listening to a yeah, song yeah, experience. Yeah, exactly. uh, the big one is the the track when love is gone. So this is the song that um, Bell sings to Scrooge when they kind of break up. And it was basically cut because test audiences, which were made up of a lot of little kids, are getting fidgety. I mean, it's a song where there's no Muppets. It's a little slow. It's a little sad. Yeah. And, of course, the producer's like, oh, I'll just cut it for time. And Brian Henson fought and fought and did not win. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I get it. The kids are into it. But, I mean, they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah. So they did put it back into the VHS, Laserdisc, and the original DVD releases. But then, like, for whatever reason, the first widescreen release, which was, I believe, the Blu-ray in 2012, cut it again. And there's no, you don't know why. And even, even this Disney Plus version we just watched, it has it yeah. cut. I, I don't know if it's just because, like, they didn't want to remaster that part for widescreen. Mm. They did tweak the edit of where the cut occurs in this version to make it a little smoother. Because it's very jarring. It's like they're just, like saying goodbye and Rizzo is like bawling yeah, his right. eyes yeah. out. I'm like, what are you? Yeah, it's like a little sad. And it's such a good it's performance. A, it's, like when, when Scrooge joins in with her, Michael Caine starts singing. It it's, breaks down it's great. It's, and it's such a pivotal turning point for his character where he realizes like, wow, I really screwed up my life. Well, not just moment. that. Like you said, it, it, there's that callback later of, well, what's the, what's the name of the song? Love is Love Found. Is yeah, yeah exactly. that's like the reprise well, yeah, like yeah. the final song. Hey. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So it, it stinks this other. I hope Disney Plus adds like uh, in the extras, like extended play the play. Version. Yeah, play the extended version with the song included. Because I mean, it's in the extras and it was widescreen in yeah, the extras. Yeah, but it still it seemed a little off. Well, because it's not. They didn't do like the 4K remaster on yeah. it and everything. So hopefully they present that as an option. There are two more songs. Called Room in Your Heart, which is sung by Bunsen and Beaker, and Chairman of the Board, sung by Sam Eagle. Now, you can, you can, no way. You can already tell why these songs may have been super... Yeah, they don't, they don't, move, the, they don't move the super plot forward super, at all. What's the word? Superfic superficial? Superficialist. Superficial. Superfluous. Superfluous. Oh, superfluous. There you go. We got there. Yeah. We got there. Are there recordings of these? Yes, they're on the soundtrack. Oh, really? They recorded and mixed them, and then before they were ever filmed, they were like, yeah, we need to cut these for time. But hey, we got these songs. Let's put them on the CD. Yeah. So, yeah, just to kind of get to the end here, we got some fun little trivia bits how for you guys. How often did we listen to that soundcheck when we were younger? Oh, oh, Marley and Marley was just in my yeah, it's regular great. rotation. It's great. <laughs> so, there's just some little fun bits of background information as you're watching the movie. Um, in the beginning, when they're kind of just going through the streets of London, one of the puppets is a lobster hanging out of a basement window. There's a Dickens line where he says, like, bad lobster in a dark cellar. Oh. That's why nice that's there. That. AJ, what is, like, a bad lobster in a dark cellar? I have no idea. I think you just take it literally at that point. <laughs> what is I don't even know how to take it's it bad back. It's a bad lobster in a dark cellar. It's, don't you just hate that? I told you to clean up your toys, lobster. Now go in the cellar. God. Think about what you did. <laughs> um, so there is, at the end of One More Sleep Till Christmas, a shooting star goes across the sky and Kermit gives us a little hmm and that is in fact a, a tribute to Jim Henson uh, there is a similar shot in the Muppet movie 
And a similar shot has happened ever since in both Muppet Tre- uh, Treasure Island and Muppets from Space. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, originally, the Ghost of Christmas Present was going to be huge. Kind of like, think, Willie the Giant yeah. and Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, but they kind of realized, yeah, that's going to be a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got that good shot they wanted of his giant face coming through the door and like, come in and know me better, man. And then he shrinks down. That's how yeah, it works well. the rest of the time. So they're it's, mostly done like that, right? Most adaptations? Again, yeah, for practicality. I mean, I don't think it's ever so. I mean, he's supposed to be big, but he's never supposed to be like an absolute like a giant, right? Mm-hmm. Um then um, I thought this was really funny. Part of why they they, they had Steve Whitmire and Dave Goltz playing uh, Cratchit's daughters, they just kind of took it as a chance to like make fun of Frank Oz's performance. Of it Piggy. is very funny. It's just kind of like a spoof of Miss Piggy. They work together so well. I know. <laughs> so that's pretty great. Hmm. And then this one, one's real obvious, one less so. There, you can see the names of some of the street shops at the end, and you can see the one that's obscured, but it's clearly Statler and Waldorf. The other one, it's called Micklewhites, and that is actually Michael Caine's real last name. Oh, wow. Caine is a stage name. I can't I believe you would lie to me. That's right. <laughs> Curse you, Micklewhites. <laughs> you got caught. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, uh, at the final shot, and apparently, like, they got a lot of letters about this, because you see Fred at the table with Scrooge and the Cratchits, but his mm-hmm. wife is not there. And people like were legit worried that in you know, obviously it's it's the Christmas Carol we know what happens but they're like in your version did something happen between him and his wife are they not together anymore it's like no it was literally Scrooge just, finally lost me I don't need you anymore yeah, yeah it was literally just she wasn't free to film that day so she's not in it <laughs> but all the Muppets were available so they cleared yep. their schedules mm-hmm. so yeah um, that's kind of the the bulk of the movie and uh, what, you know what what, it, what, what it, do you guys think where does so, this movie stack up so Well, it's just it's so interesting to me how atypical this was of other Muppet movies, because Muppet movie, Muppet Takes Manhattan, even uh, the Muppet Caper, they're they're kind of similar in a way. Uh, You know, mostly it's like that that core Muppet ensemble sort of playing themselves, uh, maybe in slight variations. A lot of the human actors, a lot of them are big, like cameos or like celebrity names playing these parts Mm -hmm. here. They're like doing this classic story. Where, you know, Kermit does not really have... He has a decent amount of screen time, but not a ton. No, like, no, he's not the focus right. of the movie. The, the lead means. actor is Michael Caine, a human, and, like, it's not like a celebrity cameo, and aside from him, all the other humans are not played by, like, name actors No, because they don't, I don't think they wanted to distract. Right, like, like the guy who plays Fred, he's been in things. He was in the Underworld movies. Yeah. So I think he was just in Rocket Man, but, you know, he's not, like, some major star. It's not like... Mm-hmm. Uh, putting Michael Douglas in there. Right, right. And So it, it kind of broke the mold like that. And the only other one that really felt like that also was Muppet Treasure Island, which maybe we'll get to that something, because that, that was a 90s one too, also made by Disney still under the deal. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, what, do you know more about, like, you know, Disney's hand is, because this was the only two that they produced so before they owned it. At the time of Jim Henson's death, they were in the negotiations of of acquiring Muppets, and after Jim Henson passed away, it kind of stalled that. But the relationship was formed. Eisner was very keen on the Muppets. They had the presence at MGM Studios. And like I said, part of why Disney was involved is they originally pitched this to ABC Television, and Disney owned ABC, and then once it moved up to a theatrical release, well, Disney just kind of was there. I Um, mean, it was such a done deal at one point. Like, there's that... Um, that TV special with like Michael Eisner and all the Muppets, the Muppets mm-hmm. go to Disney World, I think it's just called. And like, it's basically like 
Michael has to be, and Mickey must be like, welcome to the family. Yeah, it was and very, it's like, yeah. uh, nope, never mind, not yet. JK. Well, even though for Muppets 3D, there were a few stage shows at MGM Studios. Oh, yeah, they God. were always. Like the full-size people in costume. Yeah, much like Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Yeah. They're always kind of there. Yep. <laughs> so, right. we, we got there eventually. But, like, in terms of, like, ranking it, like, for Muppet movies for me, like, I think the Holy Trinity are, are this, the Muppet movie, and then the Muppets, the, 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 the newer the Jason one. Mm-hmm. The Jason Segel. The Jason Segel one, Yeah. Uh, and I, it's hard to say. Like I don't, I don't know if I like this more than the Muppets. Maybe this is, or the Muppet movie. I'm raising my hand. This is number one. This is, this is my favorite Muppet uh, well, movie. I think what makes it so relevant is is really the music and the songs. Right. They're like great. the three you like you picked have the best music. Mm-hmm. And when you go back to watch a Christmas Carol, yeah, you want to watch the classic ones, but the music just makes it so. Well, and again, like you, you talk about the Muppet movie and the Muppets, and they're great and they have a lot of great gags. This movie, it doesn't. Re- it has some gags. It's yeah, the it doesn't rely. It's, on it's, it, yeah, though. it's not relying. It's it's telling a classic story that I love. I love a Christmas Carol, and and I think this is truly one of the best versions of it, regardless yeah. of even of the music or Muppets. You know, if you go look at like lists or whatever, like best versions of Christmas Carol, like even like like some of the I don't know scholars is the word, but the aficionados, like they'll say, yeah, this is one. This, this is, is one a top of the good ones. One, yeah. You know? yeah, like the changes they make, they're obvious that they're made for the Muppets, and it's mm-hmm. clear why they do right. it. None of them are that egregious, no, really. Right. Like having two Marleys and things like yeah, that. Like, you know, it whatever. makes sense. It's fine. And it works. Mm-hmm. It's not like they try to be like, oh, at the you know, goes to Christmas feature, like, oh, Ebenezer, you're not. You're not dead. What's death? This is for kids. And that's what what I uh, another thing I appreciate about this movie. And we, we talk about the the Jim Carrey version. Our biggest hang up with that film is you get to the third act, the the, the Christmas yet to come, and they like shrink them down, give them yes. like the chipmunk voice, yep. and the whole thing's like this He's weird goofy. roller coaster ride because it's in 3D and it loses all dramatic tension. Like, I truly really like that version, mm. and, and I did it the first yeah. time I saw it. Mm. I've watched it every year since. And it, I, I just want them to, like, remake that scene. Yeah. You know? Like, but then, get rid of it. This movie does the opposite. Gonzo and Rizzo exit the film. Yeah, they do And it right. becomes deathly serious. It's pretty... I mean, like, the Ghost of Christmas Future in this movie is... It's very yeah. traditional. Yeah. Very, and it, it's well, the cloak figure like, with the finger. And, and they, like... They do this weird thing with proportions. He has this really, like, tall head and these really long arms. And, like, the and ropes are very stiff. Like, yeah. almost statuesque. Well, it looks like a statue yeah. with hands to him the first time. Mm. So yeah, like 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 I appreciate that they they didn't want to dumb this down mm-hmm. to be a kids movie. Well, yeah, well, and the parts that were mattered, you mm-hmm. know, where it was exactly. So is is this your favorite version of Christmas Carol? I mean, yeah, like if mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick one to watch, it's this one. I mean, it's up there. My favorite is still the Patrick Stewart. one. The 1999 Patrick Stewart. I mean, that one is a close second. Is it, is if, if you want to be purely traditionalist, it, I think sure. it might, that's the best of the non-musical ones, and this is yeah. definitely the best of the musical ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the George C. Scott one from 84 is really good there's mm-hmm. one in the 50s uh, from starting in Alistair something and it's very revered by a lot of people as the best one I need to oh, see yeah, it I've never seen it yeah it's like the, I think it's supposed to be like the best of the black I don't know that's probably not black and white 50s maybe yeah but uh, did you guys watch the Jim Carrey one past year or two no not recently I feel like you should <laughs> you're, you're carping on the uh, Jim yeah. Carrey C- really Cinecins had a video so that was my recap but, of like, it like when he is you know back in present day it, it is just so hard right, I'll, I'll, watch, I'll watch it again I'll tell you which one is good. 
Uh, it's the Mr. Magoo one. <laughs> surprisingly, it's, yes. Surprisingly, it's better than the Mickey one. I'll just say it. Yeah. The Mickey one's good, but it's like 24 well, minutes the long. Right. Like, They're just too short. The Mickey, well, the Mickey, Mickey's Christmas Carol is a good introduction of the story to children. I mean, that's what got me into the story. Right. Yeah. We watched and that And it's, a, it's a similar thing like, oh, Mickey Mouse is Bob Cratchit, Kermit is Bob Cratchit, you know, mm. that, that kind of thing. But, like, the Muppets just did it a lot better, actually. Yep. They, they put more of, like... Muppet charm into it. Uh, it was like long enough to like actually do the whole story. Yeah, I think Link just really hindered. Well, sure. I mean, it, it, that was never the scope of the Mickey's right. Christmas Carol. Well, was that that was just for television, right? The Mickey I, one. I have to research. I'm not sure I'm not what the sure original. If it was. I think it might have been in front of a movie. Oh, to be yeah, honest, sure so, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm look that up real quick. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, but. Uh, I think the Flintstones one too. Did you ever see the Flintstones? Yeah, that one's not bad. And it's like and it's like a story within a story because it's like the, the they're putting on they're the putting on play, the yeah. show and it, and things go. Then there's the the great uh, the uh, what the Animaniacs one. Oh yeah, was very silly. <laughs> not close at all. Well, then yeah, you know, people obviously love Scrooged. See, I've never seen Scrooge. Oh, you should see Scrooge. Scrooge is good. I know I should. I know I should. That's obviously a reinterpretation, but it's very yeah, well done. It's a modernization. Yes, yes. So they say, what about the high school version that me and Chris did? Yeah, I was a uh, Fezzy Wig. I mean, were, I mean, I was I was Jacob Marley. Jacob right? Marley could have been a little more well, ground in reality. I, don't well, know. I thought you were delightful. Thank Fezzy. you, thank Chris, you. Chris, business. Mankind was my business. <laughs> it was like, oh, look at they put makeup on Chris to give him rosy cheeks. Like yeah. now he just yeah, looks I like that covered in I, powder. I love. I remember my green like tunic that I had. Oh, I was just clear away, boys. <laughs> clear away. Who was Missy, Mrs. Fezzy Wig? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. Wow. Oh, she's not listening. Yeah. Yeah, she obviously didn't make a big impression. Oh no! <laughs> Arch. Yes. Arch. No, I doubt I did as well to her. So, <laughs> all right. So, how about just in terms of Christmas movies? Is this like your this, favorite? This Christmas is movie? well. Okay. So my my issue right now is my kids are terrified of this movie. I mean, yeah, I Mupp- see Muppets. Uh, I, we weren't watching the Muppets right when we were little kids. We had to watch the Muppet Babies first. Right. And now there's the new Muppet Babies. And so, so I was hoping that would have softened them, but I tried to bring it up again this year. No, no dice. Maybe next year. But. Until I had kids, and I still do it myself in the <laughs> evening. This is like my Christmas Eve movie. Yeah, like, like yeah. every Christmas Eve, this is the movie I want to watch. Mine is It's a Wonderful Life. Christmas I think it was depressing. So, oh, it's, so oh it's not depressing. It's all fine. The end. I know, but it's depressing. I know. I love it's one. Yeah. I mean, every year I watch it. I'm I'll, I'll go on YouTube and watch the lost ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see. Oh, that's Bailey. the best SNL skit ever. <laughs> oh, let's go get him. <laughs> what, what are we waiting for? Come on, Mary. You want a piece of this? <laughs> <laughs> you made one mistake, Potty. You double crossed me. You left me alone. <laughs> <laughs> now wait just a moment, George Bailey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow, me. we're off. In case in can case, anyone else tell that it's twelve forty in the morning yeah. as we record? Oh in case God. you were wondering, Mickey's Christmas Carol premiered in the UK on October twentieth, nineteen eighty three. So not nineties. No, I know it was yeah. earlier. That's the oh. first. Uh, there we go. ahead. Alongside a reissue of the Jungle Book in theaters. Yeah. Oh, there you in the go. US, it was December sixteenth, nineteen eighty three, with the Christmas nineteen eighty three reissue of the Rescuers. Oh. Interesting. Well, that was the and first, then it was on broadcast. Was that the so. first one of Wayne Allwright as Mickey? Am I making that up? I might be making that you up. You might be making that up. But I think I might not be, also, to be, to be well, fair. The Alan film Young's was first the last screwed. time Clarence Nash voiced I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Last time Clarence Nash. But uh, I, just going back to his movie, Home Alone 1 and 2 are still like my top tippity tops. Yeah, I love those. Sure. 
And yeah, it's a wonderful life. We just watched Santa Claus. The Santa other Claus day. is still great, but like there are still moments in that movie that make me laugh out loud. Santa Claus is nineties. That's a that's a topic. Maybe next Christmas. There you go. Although oh, Home go. Alone is that one by just I don't know if that really counts. <laughs> it's a stretch. It's a stretch. Like how, yeah. yeah, why not? Look, we'll get Tim Allen on the show for next. We'll start working on that. Now. Yeah, yeah. We but. saw Tim Allen. We saw Tim Allen do stand up comedy in uh, Vegas that one time, and it was actually incredible. Yeah, he was yeah. excellent. He came out to the Galaxy's Quest. Uh, oh, theme. Galaxy Quest. Which is 90s, but not Disney. Yeah. Alas. Alas. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, wait, wait. So what's your favorite Disney... Or not Disney, but Christmas movie? This one. This is, this, one? One. Yeah, this, this is number one. This is it. This is it. Better than Elf. Better than... Yeah, I mean... Uh, Elf, I agree. I like the Elf part. is our tree decorating. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. I always... Unfortunately, our tree this year is in a room without a TV, so we couldn't do that. And again, my phones. kids don't iPhones. like it. Um, and then... My kind of random Christmas movie is still the Jim Carrey Grinch. I'm I, I'm one of yeah, the defenders. Of the, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's okay. I feel like people turned on it. I really like that. That movie. was the first movie I remember seeing that it was like an event in theaters and the they theater hyped it was up. packed. Like it was it was insanely crowded. Mm-hmm. Well, they were saving what Jim Carrey as the Grinch looked like. Like he was yeah, in teaser right. trailers just from the back and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, like Christmas it. vacation and well every year we go to my in-laws and watch Christmas vacation we have a party for that and actually this year my brother-in-law is hosting it for the first time because they're in a house and then um, well we watched Nightmare Before Christmas so I decorated your tree oh, yeah. that was yeah, fun that, that, is, that is so good but I, I still one, consider that more Halloween than see, Christmas I think I consider more Christmas it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's a November it's a, it's it's a, a very good November, November movie yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice <laughs> the one I think out. I'm like one generation too old for is the Christmas story like I watch it and it's fine I like but Christmas like story. All, all, of our, all of our boomer parents and stuff no, they I, love it I just I, I mean I watch it because it's on yeah but I just uh, it's the okay. 20, 24 hours of Christmas story yeah it's yeah. usually on all, like everywhere I go and it's like eh this is fine I don't take it or leave it it's a Wonderful Life with Santa Claus, Home Alone Two, and Elf. Those four. Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna go like classic Hollywood movie, I, I really like White Christmas. I yeah, never, I don't White, oh, White Christmas is great. Yeah, I mean, it's one like I'll put on, but not like the other ones I mentioned. I'll sit down and watch. Mm-hmm. That I'll just kind of go in and out. White Christmas. What about Santa Claus Three: The Escape Clause? You know, I saw that once. <laughs> it's okay when Man. they do. No, the time wait, I never saw stuff. three because I like time travel in films, and I like I like that aspect. Everything else. Well, they just do it. It's it's a wonderful life with it. Yeah. Wait, I've yeah, never seen Santa Claus. I don't care. I, no, I just realized it's not. It's freaking me out. He <laughs> keeps saying that. I'm like, good for you. I just I just realized no, that's wait, all. Wait, a lot of people haven't seen Santa Claus Three: <laughs> The Escape Clause. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you want? Did your bread cookie? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should watch it. Maybe you like it. You it's on Disney Plus. You won't. No, I won't. Martin Short is just be the most yeah, Martin Short ever. I feel like that's the last time Martin he was even Short. in a movie. Yeah. No, he was. He's yeah, but, yeah. He's in that show right now with Steve Martin. I bet he on, is. On Nef- a Netflix show. I bet he oh, is. is. I bet yeah. he's doing something with Steve well. Martin. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. That's bad. Steve had, Martin. They had our dad on stage. Remember Steve Martin, the waiter from the Muppet movie. Yes, there we go. Full circle. Let's wrap it up. All right. We thank you all for joining us. Uh, We hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday. Yeah. And, uh, Mike, what are we going to do to ring in the new year, the new decade? Well, we're going to go out of Christmas. We're going to go back to the parks. We're going to go... For the first time, yeah, it's going to be the, the 20s. Like, wow. so the Roaring 20s. The Roaring 20s. For the first time, we're going to go back to uh, Animal Kingdom, and it's opening year in 1998, and it's uh, its premiere opening day attraction, the Kilimanjaro Safari. The riverboat crew. Oh, oh. <laughs> I want to do that. I am a... St- 
staunch defender I mean, of the we, Riverboat we Cruise. We could do a little like add-on at the no. end. With that. No, I'm doing a follow-up on that someday. Because <laughs> people, people need... Because there's, there's a lot of little tidbits about yeah, that. It also, it, we, that thing needs defending. People are like, oh, that thing was that thing was great. Yeah, like the armor, the you know. Right. The, okay, we're gonna have a contest in the episode. I want everyone to predict in advance how many times I'm going to say Natazu as we record that Man, episode. That was that was a campaign, wasn't it? And I enjoyed right. it. And right. I'm gonna say Natazu a lot as we record but, that episode. <laughs> you know, when Animal Kingdom opened, there were some complaints of one up. I don't think anybody had any complaints with the safari. Oh, it was still, still changed quite a lot. Yeah. Still a lot to it. So a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's with. a lot of different iterations of it. A lot of carcasses of dead elephants. Yeah, we've yeah, we've been on just about all of them and uh We did not see the dead elephant. No, no, well, that was like a week. Yeah, that was yeah. like I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> this is a carcass. <laughs> All right, uh, so I guess you want to tell people where they can find us, AJ? Yeah, so go to 90sisn.com. There you'll find links to download and subscribe to the show from all the various podcast platforms of your choice. And while you're in there, uh, how about you leave us a little five-star review for the holidays? That'd be, that would That's be the greatest gift. Christmas. What are we Happy getting them? Free, con- free content. <laughs> Hours of it. Their podcast page. They're all free. I know. Worst podcast ever. <laughs> uh, while you're there, you can also find links to our Facebook and Twitter pages. I might be able to get us at 90s Disney instead of at 90s Disney Pod oh, when oh, some oh. old accounts open up on December 11th. Shh. Oh, man. None of you better take it now. That They're I just, squatting. Yeah. Christmas. I just spoiled it now. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, then join us on New Year's Day. For our episode on the Kilimanjaro Safaris. God, that's crazy. But but until then, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate, however you like to spend the holidays. If you hate the holidays, I hope you have a good time too, but just have a nice December. There you go, everybody. Until then, we'll catch you next time. We'll see ya. Not as soon.